Time Wasters, written by Jared Gentile and recorded by Michael Segudo. Jibby was a professional time waster. All day long, she wasted time. Five days a week, nine hours a day, ten months a year. She worked for a timeshare loan fun hedge clipping clock conglomerate, and needless to say, they had a lot of time on their hands. In fact, they had a surplus of time, and not enough hands to accurately record and distribute it. So, with a generous government subsidy to protect the national supply of time from depreciating, they wasted it. Jibby was hired as one of a fleet of time wasters to sit in an unadorned office all day and waste time. Eating was permitted off-company grounds, but scorned, and the bathrooms were widely known to be inoperable, since the building janitor transferred to the time-wasting department for better pay and more respect. When Jibby sat in her blank office, with her pretty folded hands resting on her empty plywood desk, she strove to think of nothing. It was easier said than done, and Jibby could hardly have been considered a natural time waster. She'd only wasted three years in the last two months, which was considered poor, even for the janitor. Her main problem was likely that she didn't want to waste time, and instead wanted to spend it. And of course, she worked in the wrong department for that. The time spenders were rarely, if never, in the office, as they often forgot they had jobs and were liable to be out watching sunsets or picking daisies or wiggling their way into action-packed orgies rather than waste time sitting in a boring old office, which was really more the time wasters department. Jibby longed to join them. Her blood sang for it. Her leg hopped restlessly up and down like a rabbit chained to a bike rack. Her frizzy brown hair writhed out of her bun, only to be swept up and clinched together again in neat, numb order. Jibby made $35,000 a year. She could pay for rent, health insurance, car insurance, phone bills, gas bills, electric, Wi-Fi, car payments, credit card payments, student loan payments, and groceries. But she couldn't pay attention. Her dreams were stronger than her body and constantly tugged her away from time wasting into the fruitful realm of fantasy, where she fell in love with everyone she met and tasted every ice cream flavor and visited every country to take a picture squinting at their capital's fountain and imagined, dream by dream, a life worth living. When Jibby's co-workers weren't wasting time picking their nose or smelling their farts, they wasted time by gossiping about her. Did you hear she's only wasted a couple minutes last week? I heard she paints in her free time. I heard she's having an illicit affair with a school teacher, and they kiss in the preschool classroom after hours, and roll around in the blocks talking dirty to each other in baby voices. It was all made up, naturally. And the rumors were made that much more of an expert waste of time, since none of Jibby's co-workers believed them, or had even shared more than a hello, or some weather we're having in the couple months since she'd been working with them. The obvious truth was Jibby didn't belong there, and although she was surviving, she was none too proud of the life she was professionally wasting. 
She knew that she was missing the best parts of life every moment she sat in the office, willing time away. She took the job because her father was a time waster, famous in his day, who had recently retired, which was what the time wasters called death. The department took pity on her innocent 22-year-old face and childish body, on the way she could still become anything, but hadn't the faintest idea as to how, and on her wimpy need for food, shelter, and a place to sit when her feet got tired, waiting around for something good to happen. They hired her quickly, without thinking about it too much, for to think about her father's death for too long might do them some good, which obviously wouldn't qualify as a waste of time, and they weren't about to endanger their jobs when they had families to feed and never come to truly know. So Jibby felt out of place, battling her dreams while sitting in her dad's old office every day, trying to waste as much time as she possibly could to keep everyone pleased but herself. The scariest times were when she'd zone out for a few minutes and suddenly decades would be gone. Her worst fear was to become good at her job. So she resolved to do it poorly and thoughtlessly, which just improved her performance all the more. Thoughts of her little father in that big brown casket and of her lonely mother waiting by the phone across town and of her gorgeous, explosively sexual young friends drifted away and became hazier and plagued her less and less. They entered the realm of her dreams, but sometimes she found her dreams were not there when she checked for them under her bed or in the empty drawers of her desk. Her co-workers became concerned, knowing Jibby was not like them as they watched her become more like them. The experience was extra concerning because such a heady act as concern ate a devastating hole in their time-wasting and seriously threatened their livelihoods. So, they resolved to act quickly and decisively. They played music from the air vents, they had chocolates under Jibby's carpet, and they followed her car home and slashed its tires. But to their dismay, she just took the bus and barely batted an eye. Where was restless Jibby? Where was starry-eyed, cloudy-headed Jibby? Where was the Jibby who wrote long lists and checked them off so that she missed nothing and got everything she wanted to do done? Her co-workers were depressed, consumed with guilt and shame. Watching Jibby waste time made them think of their own wasted lives. And while time-wasting had become their careers for better or worse, they knew Jibby was in the wrong department. She was so young, and she had her dreams, and watching them vanish depressed Jibby's co-workers to no end. Then, one day, Jibby's dreams returned. They fell out of the ceiling and struck her in the head, sending her to the hospital. At the office, everyone procrastinated skillfully in calling her a pearman to fix her caved-in, water-damaged stucco ceiling, and it seemed like things would finally return to normal they secretly prayed to never see Jibby wasting time by their side again. In the hospital, Jibby encountered a male nurse with a nervous smile, freckled nose, scruffy hair, and a loping gait that reminded her of a wounded circus bear. She lost the ability to speak around him, and he missed her vein three times, then tripped over a monitor cable while awkwardly hobbling away to go get another nurse. In short, they fell in love 
for a glorious little while.